law and gospel are the two chief teachings of the Bible. The law is what we owe God and our neighbor, what we've been commanded to do. The gospel is what God has done for us in Christ to save us from his anger against our corrupted nature and our many transgressions against the law. We're used to the pastor ministering the gospel through preaching and the sacraments at church and the government administering the law in the world. Sometimes in Lutheran churches, we call this the doctrine of the two kingdoms. But what about the family? Should a father be a minister of the law or gospel in the home? Are fathers obligated to teach the gospel to their families? Should they be ministering the gospel to their families as well? Listen to this episode of Avangard's occasional podcast as we gain understanding and wisdom from Brandon Ross, a father both at home and among his saints at Faith Lutheran Church in Johnstown, Colorado. Please join us. Welcome to the Evangard Occasional Podcast, where we engage in conversations with interesting men and gain encouragement from our Christian brothers in our God-given callings of father, son, husband, ruler, and worker. I'm your host today, Brian Flammy, a pastor by calling to the saints of God at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Roswell, New Mexico, where alien righteousness reigns supreme. Joining me today is Pastor Brandon Ross, who serves the saints at Faith Lutheran Church in Johnstown, Colorado. Today, we'll be discussing the salutary distinction of law and gospel in the home. Should parents be ministers of the law? Do they have an obligation to teach about the gospel? Or better yet, do they have an obligation to administer the gospel as ministers of the gospel to their children? Brandon, before we dive into those and other questions, could you tell us a little bit more about the Avangard Camp planned for this August near Estes Park in Colorado? Oh, absolutely, Brian. Yeah, I could tell you about that. Uh, but I have to tell you one thing. Like the uh, you said that you're going to have a conversation with interesting men. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be that interesting, but uh, I, I sure I sure can tell you about our camp coming up in here in August. So the Avantgarde retreat uh, that we have planned for this summer is uh, on August 9th through the 11th uh, up here in Colorado, just outside of Estes Park, and it is is it's going to be a, a fantastic. Uh, a, a time of, of fellowship uh, and encouragement. Uh, there's going to be outdoor activities, indoor activities, relaxation, uh, teaching and worship. Uh, we are uh, going to have a, a camp chaplain there who's, who's going to be doing some preaching for us. It's, it's going to be a fantastic time. Um, and if you want to learn any more about this, this uh, Evangard retreat, you can go to evangard.org. And just click on events, upcoming events. And this is for all, all men and boys that are eight years and older. And we're going to be concentrating on our duties. Uh, that's, that's kind of what Vanguard is all about. Uh, on our duties as men, as husbands, fathers, sons, hearers of God's word, citizens, and these kinds of things. Uh, and it, it should be great. And, and the place, I got to tell you, the place that we're going to be at uh, for, this, for this retreat is at uh, this, this lovely summer camp that is uh, in the mountains. It's beautiful. It's called Annunciation Heights, just outside of Estes. Uh, and it is beautiful. They've got uh, um, wooded areas. You can see a 14er, I mean, a 14,000 foot mountain just, just behind the camp. I mean, it's, it's, it's really lovely. Uh, so uh, I'm really excited to have uh, the men come up for this thing. And uh, I would encourage you to go to the website again and, and check it out and register. Uh, and if you have any questions, I, there's uh, there's uh, an email for me also on the website. 
Excellent. Yeah. So once again, that is evangard.org, E-V-A-N-G-U-A-R-D.org. And look for upcoming events. Uh, there's a registration link. If you're interested, please let us know if you have questions. Otherwise, feel free to register and uh, bring your friends, your sons, your brothers. It'll be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. The 14er that it's looking at, which is Colorado slang, again, for a 14,000-foot peak, is Longspeak, isn't it? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. Longspeak wow. is right there. Yeah, it, like, and it's, it's great because the picture. Uh, so if you go to the website and there's there's a there's a Vanguard retreat, retreat announcement in the in the new posts. The picture at the at the very bottom is not a stock photo, just of like you know some random mountains. It's like oh, we're in a mountain. That's actually where we're going to be. So if you want to know what it looks like, that's exactly <laughs> what you're going to look at. The water, the canoe, the, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a postcard. That's where we're going and it's going to be fantastic. So really yeah. cool. Really cool. Yeah. I know at least another uh, father and his son who are going to be coming up with us. And I'm trying to recruit more people from my congregation and uh, you sons of Solomon out there, uh, you should plan on coming as well. Okay, let's dive into the subject matter. Brandon, uh, you said before the show that you had some things to think about concerning parenting in general. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, <laughs> well, well. First of all, I got to tell you. I mean, I am. I'm a father. I have. I have five beautiful children. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm an expert. <laughs> but uh, but God be praised. I do have God's word that does instruct me in the way that I should go as as a parent. Uh, and it shows me the things that I am to do and the things that uh, I sometimes fail to do as a parent. Uh, and in that sense, I got to tell you, the first thing is that I think being a parent is probably the hardest thing in the world to do. Um, and for this reason, because parents have the obligation uh, to their children to speak both law and gospel to their children. And, and that, is, that is something that no one else, no other office on the face of the planet does. Um, so the secular government, they speak the law to you. Uh, they can uh, throw you into prison if you, do, if you do bad things. They can fine you. They can do other things. But they don't speak the gospel to you. They don't speak the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name to you. Um, in the same way, the church... The church speaks the gospel to you. It does teach you the law, but the church doesn't bind you in any way uh, or, or discipline you according to the law. Uh, it, it, it can't, you know, fine you or throw you into prison for not going to church, for instance. Although you might like to, Brian, uh, if, even if you have alien righteousness raining down there in Roswell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have, uh, but so the, the, the church doesn't, doesn't have that kind of, kind of power. The only office that exercises both of those sorts, both of the law and of the gospel, is the office of parent, especially you fathers. And that is a difficult task. So as, as Luther would say, you know, the, the proper distinction between law and gospel is the highest art there is. You've got to know how to do that as a parent, especially, not just not as a pastor, although we have to do that in our preaching, but as a, as in its application as a, to your children as a father, that is a hard task. The only one in the world to have the exercises of law, uh, the instruction and the discipline of the law, uh, and also speaking the gospel, the forgiveness of sins in your own home. Mm. Now, this seems to be difficult, at least in my mind, because, look, when my kids are bad and I have three boys 
again, like you, I'm not an expert. And so I struggle with this personally. Uh, when they do things they're not supposed to, I uh, become a minister, let's say, of the law. And I remind the children of God's commandments. You shall do, you shall not do. Yeah. And then I mete out punishments, various punishments, uh, to teach them the way that they should go. I mean, it's very, uh, very right up there in the front of my mind, right? I have this Bible verse from Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I believe that. I take that seriously. And so I want to make sure that my children are warned away from, uh, you know, uh, falling into evil habits. And I want them to think about godliness and to pursue godliness, to love it as as I have come to love it as their father, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And then I, I also think of this other Bible verse from Ephesians chapter 6. And this, this helps to maybe... Uh, moderate that very first verse from from proverbs uh there in ephesians 6 4 fathers do not provoke your children to anger and that's meaningful because uh what happens when you start meeting out the punishment well your kids get mad and then as they get mad you say no you shouldn't be mad instead you should receive your punishment with joy and then you start <laughs> keeping more and more punishment on them and and before you know it everybody's angry everybody's gnashing their teeth right and the home, which is supposed to be a paradise, has turned into a, a cesspool of discontent. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think yeah, that's and, right. And so it says, do not provoke your children to anger. And so that moderates how we should administer the, the law. And yet you still have this instruction that not only should you be a minister of the law, like you were saying, but you have to be a minister of God's word to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, which is different, is distinct from discipline and instruction in the world. Because the, the instruction that comes from the Lord doesn't just include, yeah, do this, don't do that, right? It also includes the merit of Christ who died for us and saves us by get, making us righteous through faith, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, yeah. it, I think that oftentimes we, we fall into the trap of thinking that this is the pastor's job, right? But it's really... And Brandon, you're saying this, that it's really our job. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, the, the uh, Luther says this, is that, that all authorities uh, on earth derive from the office of the Father. Okay? So that means that your, your, your state authority uh, and even the, even the pastor's authority in, in some way uh, revolves around and, and derives from the office of Father to teach both law and gospel. Uh, and and this and, and you fit the nail on the head with this this Ephesians six passage because this is where I was going to go, um, like with, you fathers don't provoke your children to wrath. I mean, if if you were just the minister of the law, you know, it's like when the, uh, when, the when the state patrolman you know pulls you over you know for doing you know eighty five and a in a seventy five or whatever. I mean, you're going to be wrathful. Uh, I mean, I mean, don't be wrathful to the police officer, but 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 you're you're going to be you're going to be saddened. Um, but if you're just the minister of the law. It's, it's, uh, you're not going to have joy in your children and they're not going to have joy in you. So your, your job and your wife's job is not to be a, a, a school marm, uh, and just, you know, thwacking them with a ruler every time they do bad things. Otherwise you're just, you are going to provoke them to wrath. And this, and this is why I was saying at the very beginning that, that this distinction between law and gospel is the hardest thing to do because it does require some wisdom. Like on the one hand, you don't want to be a total pushover. 
and let your children have their own way and walk over you all the time uh, and, and destroy their, their, their lives and their piety. So you, you do have to have some law. And at the same time, you do want to have some, uh, so, some grace for your children uh, to, you know, put up with their, their, their shenanigans, <laughs> uh, in a, in a, in a wise way. Like you just don't want to come down with the hammer of the law on every little thing that they do. Uh, nor do you want to just, uh, you know, let them, you know, have free reign. So it, this, this is why this is so hard is, is you speak both law and gospel and yeah, have the balancing, have that, right. Yeah. So the balancing point is, uh, figuring out like, uh, when am I supposed to minister the law or when am I supposed to minister the gospel to my family and to my children and, uh, finding the balance between the two. That is what I think is the particular challenge of, of parents, moms and dads. And there's a danger. There's a danger that I think applies to the parents, uh, more than it does even to the pastor or to the minister of the government, right. Who only, who only just, dispenses law. And so like they have this great section on law and gospel in the formula of Concord, which is part of our Lutheran confessions. And here it says the two teachings of law and gospel dare not be mingled with the other and mixed together. And the characteristics of one dare not be ascribed to the other. When that happens, the merit and benefits of Christ are easily obscured. And the gospel is turned back into a teaching of law as took place under the papacy. This robs Christians of the true proper comfort against the terror of the law that they have in the gospel and reopens the door in the church of God to the papacy. It, it, thus far, the, the formula. And so how do we do this? How do we make sure that the kids understand when we are putting them under the law right, with its commands and punishments? And also, how do we make them understand when they are underneath the power of the gospel, uh, with, which is basically the comfort of Christ that no matter what the sin or transgression in the home, outside of the home, that it has been uh, washed away by the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, that, that's, that's a really good question, Brian. Um, I, I think principally in the terms of the gospel, that you speak forgiveness actively to your children. Um, and I might add also <laughs> begging forgiveness of your children. Um, we have this thing in our home that, um, you know, cause our kids, <laughs> you know, if you have, if you have children together in close confines for a long time, they're going to schwack each other, you know, and do dumb things to each other and, and hurt each other's feelings and things like that. So we will, as, as mother and father, we will, you know, the person who has offended the other one, we will have them ask for forgiveness from the other child. And we will have the other child forgive them. Um, you know, say, I forgive you and things like that. So actively speaking forgiveness like that, that's, that's churchly language. They understand that this is, this is the forgiveness of Jesus. Um, and, and so that's, that's the way we do it in our house. And we'll do it uh, to each other. Um, not just between the children, but <clears throat> I will forgive them in, in, in Christ's stead if they are, uh, if they have sinned. Uh, and, and like I said, I will, I will, cause I mean, there, there are times, you know, you know how it is when you're a father, you know, you've, you've had a, you've had a rough day. Uh, you've got uh, too many things on your mind, things like that. And you, and you snap at the children or whatever, uh, in, in a needless way. And, and I will, 
like the other day, I just, I, my oldest boy, I, just, I snapped at him because he was, you know, asking me something and I was, you know, trying to read or whatever it was. And, and he said, and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? He said, I forgive you, dad. And, and that is, that is, that is a huge thing. And that is the thing that not, not, it, we don't do enough in our Christian homes, speaking the forgiveness of sins to each other. Um, and so that, that, that takes care of the gospel port. Uh, but the law, I think the, the, the kids just naturally understand that when you are speaking the law, that you, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. Uh, it's not just because your parents want to be a buzzkill. Um, at least my kids don't understand, like, don't, don't understand it this way, is that when you, when we are speaking the law to you, I say, you know, you, you shouldn't hit your sister over the head with a, with a, a guitar, you know, that you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't, um, you know, throw rocks at somebody else, uh, is this is not the way the Christians behave. Um, this is not the way you treat your fellow man. Uh, and, and having that understanding is, is, is just really important for them to have that we're not just here to be a buzzkill to, uh, make sure that you don't have your fun or to keep you from having, uh, the things that you want, but rather these are the things in, in which, uh, uh, God has, has given us express command to, to treat each other well, to express, uh, to do have things in moderation and all of these things, um. So, yeah. Mm, so you mentioned this is not how Christians act, right? And so I think what this means is when we're administering the law to our kids, saying you did this and it's wrong, it hurts someone, uh, you're going to be grounded now, I'm going to take this away, so on and so forth, that we have to extend that outside of the realm of what they can see. And and uh, include also in our administrating, <clears throat> administrating, huh, administration of the <laughs> law that it is a sin against God. That this is displeasing to God when we uh, raise our hands and strike, right? Or mm -hmm. when we lie, or when uh, we try to undermine, you know, uh, our parents' favor towards one of the children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So, yeah, so this I, I, means that uh, the, administering the law is more than just a, a temporal concern, but it also we're we're trying to say that this has eternal consequences. Uh, your sin under the law means God's displeasure, and when we start talking about God's displeasure, I think it could be we. It, this is the danger that we that maybe for the kids they could fall, easily fall into the trap of thinking that my my sins make God mad, my obedience makes Him happy. And then for them to easily apply that their obedience to God's eternal favor, which is not, of course, won there by their obedience. It's not the point of the law, but that's only something that's given, been given by Christ freely through the gospel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, and <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Is <laughs> that they understand that the law is, is, is from God. So we're, we're uh, in the morning. Okay. After breakfast, we do, uh, we do, we, we read a, a little paragraph from the Bible mm. and we just talk about it. And then we, then we recite the 10 commandments. Uh, so we go around the table and each kid takes a commandment and then we just kind of talk about them. They're learning Luther's explanation of these things now. And so we, we just kind of talk about them. We're, we come to the fourth commandment to honor your father and mother. And <laughs> my oldest the other day, when we were talking about, uh, that we should fear and love God so that we do not, uh, um, uh, anger our parents uh, or, or despise our parents and other authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. Uh, that that we, and he asks, wait, so it displeases God when I make you angry? 
<laughs> and I said, right. yes, yes, it does. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, I get it now. And so, I mean, so, so before it was just like, oh, it's just a personal affront to, to, to mother, father. Like when you don't do something that they asked you to do. But now mm-hmm. with this understanding of the law, he says, oh, not only does it displease mom and dad, it actually displeases God mm-hmm. uh, when, when I sin against mother and father. And so yeah. like, it was just weird. And he's, and he's an eight-year-old. And, uh, and so the light bulb just kind of click, clicked on. It's like, oh, this is, just, this is bigger than just, you know, annoying mom and dad because I'm not doing the thing that they told me to do. Mm. Yeah. When I was growing up in a Christian home, this is something that I think my dad did particularly well, where, you know, I was a typical boy and I was the oldest and, and tried to hold my siblings under subjection. And, you know, I was a bit of a bully. And, and be, so I was perpetually being punished. And my dad would tell me, what you did is sinful and wrong. And, uh, and then he would mete out a kind of punishment. Usually various things were taken away. I think I went a year without playing uh, any electronic <laughs> games on a computer or TV. <laughs> and and uh, then my dad would also go out of his way to not to administer the gospel first by explaining it and saying, even though you are being punished because of your sin, Jesus has died for your sins and I forgive you. And do you know why I forgive you? And I would ask my dad, no, why? And he said, because Christ first forgave me, you know, and he told us to forgive one another when we sin against each other and against God. And so he said, and so he would make clear to me that he was speaking God's eternal forgiveness. And I had that eternal forgiveness, even though I was still going to bear probably for weeks or months or a year, (laughs) You know, the, the temporal consequences, the worldly consequences of my, uh, of my, uh, my sin, of, of my, uh, you know, acting out against my, my siblings usually. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's really good. And, but, and you touched on something that I think is really important. And, and I take uh, uh, particular solace in as a, as a father uh, who, who does mess up, right? Um, you know, in your, because you're never going to be a perfect dad. Uh, so I, I guess the, the idea is, is like, if we're going to be good fathers, um, like your father was to you and administering law and gospel to you, uh, you really have to rest in your identity as a, as a son of God. Um, so in order for you to be a good father, you have to rest in your heavenly father and, um, and parent with a good conscience, because there's there's no way. I, I I sincerely believe that it's next to impossible to parent children unless you have a good conscience. Um, you know, speaking forgiveness to uh, to your children, being being forgiven by your children, um, uh, resting in in the the fathership of God for you in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins. And, and, and ministering that to your own children, because you have a good conscience, uh, like your father did to you. Um, so if there's this constant uh, procession back to the cross and resurrection of Jesus and his promises uh, that he will never leave us or forsake us. He's forgiven us our sins. And by that, we can speak forgiveness to our children and also administer the law and discipline uh, that they would be sharp instruments in God's kingdom. Uh, using wisdom and not just uh, like Paul says in Ephesians, you know, provoking them to wrath uh, at the administration of the law. 
because we, yeah, we are doing yeah. There's a real thing there where uh, if you are a law-dominated household, uh, it doesn't, in fact, result in absolute obedience and perfect order. But in fact, in th- this is a, a deep teaching concerning law and gospel. Uh, the overemphasis on the law, God's commands, and punishments results in an ungodly rebellion. And uh, lashing out against uh, authority, both from God mm-hmm. and and uh, from the parents. So right. I don't know. Anecdotally, I've, I've I've noticed this where you sometimes hear of the parents who are the the hardest and strictest, and uh, they're even open in in uh, the discipline of the children and boast of it before other parents. Like, well, I do this to my kids and I make sure they never. <laughs> then I look closely at their kids and they're oftentimes the, the wildest of, 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 of the kids in the room. And I'm thinking to yeah. myself, well, I wonder, I do wonder if in fact a house should be governed uh, that, you know, should be governed that strictly by the law, or if in fact the kids should learn something of mercy and compassion. Because from receiving compassion from the Lord through the parents, I have a feeling that results in a kind of reciprocity. You know, the, the kids show the compassion and mercy to one another and even to their parents. And mm-hmm. instead of being rebellious, they, they ha- their hearts are softened. And it's kind of like the preaching of John the Baptist who turned the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to their fathers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, in, instead of just seeing someone as, as uh, an overbearing figure of power, uh, they see... Uh, the father is someone whose whose job isn't to you know to manipulate or cajole or to punish, but to love, you know. Right. And so, learning the language of of love, practicing the language of love. This is one of the things that I love about you. Uh, loved about what you said earlier, that you make a practice in your household of the gospel. It's not just something that's an abstraction. It's not just something that you read about in a book. But you put into practice, both when you tell your kids, I forgive you as a minister of Christ. I think that's important, too, just to say to the kids, I'm a minister of Christ. When I say this, it's God's forgiveness you're receiving. And then also you have the kids administer that same forgiveness between one another. Hmm. Now, you tell me, Brandon, when they make a practice of the gospel like this, uh, are, are they, in fact, speaking the same kind of forgiveness, the same quality of forgiveness as they hear in church on Sunday. I, absolutely. I mean, there, there is no forgiveness of sins apart from Jesus. So uh, I, I guess in a, in a temporal sense, I, get, I guess we could say that, you know, if you're you know, forgiven a debt or something like that, you know, in the secular realm, uh, that it's, it's different. But between people who have been sinned against, um, when, you, when a Christian speaks forgiveness, it is the forgiveness of Jesus. Even if they might not say in the stead and by the command of, of my Lord Jesus Christ, you know, I forgive you our sins. I mean, that's that's it. But it is qualitatively the same. Uh, it is it is the forgiveness of sins that has been procured for us in Christ Jesus. And they and they live in that. That's just the waters that they swim in. So it's it's really remarkable that, you know, that the forgiveness that they experience on Sunday when they are absolved in the general confession um, is the same forgiveness that they experience at the home. And that's not just not just because their dad is a pastor. I would I would love to have fathers, you know, have this in their homes all the time, and that the and that they would just this is just the water that they swim in. So they experience the law and the gospel not only not in church, not just in church, but in the home, and and just have that be the the, the air that they breathe 
And when they go out into the world, um, which I, you know, pray my children will do and, and they will, you know, have, you know, wives and, and husbands and children and, and co-workers. And, and these are things that they will take that with them. Uh, and they will speak Christ's forgiveness and and have forbearance and forgiveness for the things that are done to them. Um, that's uh, that's that's my that's my hope and prayer for my children. Do you think that there is a particular temptation on the part of parents, uh, because they are trying to establish order in the home, to withhold that forgiveness to make sure that the kids understand that they, it's not like they hear that they're forgiven and they can return to wickedness. And so now I. Is, could it be that a temptation now is present for the parents to withhold forgiveness because they're afraid of the kids abusing it? <laughs> That's right. This is like, <laughs> this is the objection of, of Erasmus and, and Rome to the, to the Reformation. You know, it's like, you can't, you can't just have this forgiveness, you know, go rampant because people will be bad. <laughs> you know, <That's> the, <laughs> and so, but, but that doesn't nullify the gospel. You see, it's, yeah. it's, it's, so you have you have good order in the home as you have good order in the Christian soul, having the law and the gospel both speak in their fullness. And that's really the only way that, that good works, truly good works, are, are brought forth, not just in us, but also in our children, mm-hmm. um, because they, they are condemned by the law and, ins- and instructed by the law okay, in the way that they should go. And, but they also live in the forgiveness of sins. Uh, and, and so only in that kind of cocktail <laughs> in which the Christian lives and moves and has his being can one bring forth true fruits of righteousness. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, might they abuse the gospel? Perhaps. That's why the law exists. Uh, are they going to uh, forget... Uh, uh, forget the law so that uh, grace may abound. Uh, yeah, again, that's why the law exists. So this is why it takes wisdom as a, as a as a house father to administer these things to your children. Hmm. Okay. Now, with our uh, short time left, could you tell us a few practical tips on how to conduct uh, devotions in the home so that the kids begin learning about Christ from mom and dad, as opposed to just hearing about it for an hour in church on Sunday. And I'm thinking especially about how you sit down with younger kids and everything's a circus. Everything's a circus. <laughs> like I'm, I'm telling my boys, sit down and listen to Jesus. He's trying to tell you something. Stop it. Stop mm-hmm. touching your brother. You know, this sort of thing. And yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah so t- tell us uh, some uh, uh, some pro tips on this. Uh, pro tips. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess the first, I guess the first tip, uh, and, and you, and you t- touched it a little bit is, is go to church. I mean, for crying out loud. I mean, if, if you make a judgment call, if, if the, if the children wake up in the morning on a Sunday and, and they ask, are we going to church? You're doing it wrong <laughs> because it should just be a given. You're going to church on a Sunday morning or, you know, whatever day of the of week you, you know, attend service. Um, it shouldn't even be a question. That's, this is just what we do. It's, it's part of the DNA. It's the air we breathe. It's, it's not even a question. Go to church. Um, and because if it's, an, if it's not important to you, you're conveying that to your children that, you know, if, if this is something we only do when it is convenient or when grandma's in town, or if there's like a high feast, like Christmas or Easter, it's not going to matter to your children. So if you're, if you're not taking your kids to church, take them to church. 
uh, God has commanded you to take them to church. That's your, that's your job. So listen to God, listen to your conscience and take your kids to church. Um, but on a more practical level, uh, this is true for Lutherans, I, I think, especially, especially we, uh, we uh, pastor types. We, we want to be liturgical. <laughs> we want to be liturgical in our household. Now, now, if, if you are if you're waking up in the morning and you're praying matins, you know, with your children, fine. God be praised. I'm wonderful. You're playing, praying matins, you know, out of the hymn or whatever. Um, but for, for many, that's just too much. Uh, uh, they don't have the kind of skills or the, the kind of. And especially with little kids, they don't have the kind of attention span for that kind of thing uh, early in the morning. Uh, and so I'll, I'll just give you an example with my children. Okay, so with, with my kids, after breakfast, I'll read them one paragraph, just one. Now, it's not a whole like lectionary reading uh, or anything. It's, it's like one paragraph uh, of, of the gospel, like we're in John right now. And we'll talk about it for a few minutes. And I'll just, I'll just ask them, you know, what happened? You know, what did Jesus say? And then we'll, and we'll talk about the 10 commandments and that, and we'll pray the, pray the, our father. And we'll say like a prayer for, uh, you know, you know, thanks for, uh, you know, giving us a, a nice day today. And, and all of that takes less than five minutes. So, it's, so you it's sit sh- down together for breakfast, huh? To do this. Yeah. 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 Wow. So we'll do and That's so, actually I mean, a very strange thing, Brandon. I don't think that that would take a bit of work, I think, for for a lot of other families. And yet it's a fantastic point that you actually have to carve out some time just to sit together, to be able to speak to one another. Oh, they, I mean, so, I mean, if, I mean, if we don't do it at the breakfast table, I mean, uh, it, it's just a natural way to do it because you're already gathered. You're already sitting. You're already like, you know, having to sit because, I mean, the, the kids are going to eat. I mean, I mean. Hopefully they would eat, you know, what, what, what mom made for them that morning, but they're already going to be sitting. So you might also just take advantage of that. So having, having that time in the morning is, is great. Don't be liturgical, you know, just, just make it, make it short. And then the other thing is this throughout the day, you know, or, or as your kids are with you, if you're not at work, um, bring God into the conversation. I mean, don't, don't make it weird, uh, or, you know, don't make it artificial, but, uh, Okay, for for instance, like the other the other morning, like there's um the, we have the robins come comes come back to Colorado right now, uh, this time of year, and uh, and uh, they were out fishing for 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 worms in our lawn, and I and I said, look 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 this 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 robin is out in our in our in our lawn, and and what is he eating? And the other kids are like worms, they're eating worms. It's like and who feeds the birds? And they're like oh oh. Well, I guess, I guess God does. It's like, yeah, yeah. God, God feeds the worms. He provides here. He, he feeds the birds. And he provides for them. So, I mean, just these, like these little, I mean, especially with smaller kids now, as, as the kids grow older, you can have a little bit deeper conversations about the things that they are hearing, you know, uh, from their friends or whatever. Um, but, but just make, make the gospel, the word of God and, and the law of God, uh, part of your everyday conversation. So almost as if a house conversation is in, in some ways has a theological flavor to it. It's uh, it's part of that theological world that we live in on Sunday, right? So oh, you're yeah. already practicing the gospel by forgiving one another for Christ's sake, right? Not just a random, not just a worldly forgiveness, but a, a heavenly divine forgiveness because Jesus died on the cross. And then you're also framing uh, everything that you see here and think about in terms of who we are as Christians 
and uh, and how that uh, dictates how we see the world, how we live in the world, and how we uh, especially love our neighbor, right, as ourselves. That's right. That's right. I, I, I came across this uh, when doing show prep for this. I came across this uh, quote that I that I took from our recent pastors conference a couple of years ago uh, mm. from uh, Thomas Winger, who's a sem prof up in uh, Canada. Uh, but in commenting on this Ephesians passage, like we were just talking about Ephesians six, where it's talking about instruction for children and parents and and wives and husbands, things like that. He, he had this great quote. I, I, wait, I got to find it here. Hang on, hang on. He said, uh, worship in the spirit takes place in the profane, which is the household, mm. or, or t- it takes place in the common. So when you're saying that the things of, of Sunday morning, uh, the word of God and all these things takes place in the home, that's exactly right. That's where we worship God in the spirit. We mm. look, we forgive one another. We serve one another. Uh, we, we sing psalms and praise to God and we talk about God. Uh, that's and it takes place in a place that is kind of crazy <laughs> in the household. And I'm not saying that our breakfast table is is you know a nice liturgical place to be because sometimes the kids are pulling each other's hair out and stuff like that. But you do it anyway. And you know yeah. what? They get they get stuff from it. They don't have to be quiet as church mice for them to get the stuff that that you need to give them as as a father. That is very true. I've noticed I've noticed uh, my middle son uh, in devotion time. Uh, he will, he's beginning to hear the details of the Bible story and the nuances behind the details about, you know, what God is teaching uh, and what he is doing in the text. So that's, that's very true that even though it looks like a kid may not be paying attention, that doesn't mean that he doesn't hear and begin to understand. Uh, One other thing, I imagine that it's helpful that both parents are on the same page in the household that mom and dad are united in this desire to uh, foster a theological conversation in the home of making a practice of forgiving one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, as, uh, you know, fathers or the husbands, you know, are, are forgiving of their wives and wives are forgiving of their husbands. Um, that's, that's just, it's just key. And it's, and it's good. It's really good. That that children see that uh, when uh, when fathers and mothers forgive one another, uh, and that the the mother is also involved in the in the uh, faith and devotional life at, at, in the home as she is able. Uh, that's that's in, in our house. It's really easy because I mean we homeschool, so uh, like I'll do their their morning instruction and devotion, and then she'll also throughout the day. Uh, in their, in their homeschooling, they will um, pull out the catechism and they'll review it together with their mother. So I'm the catechist and so is, and so is she. Um, mm. And that's, that's, that's a lovely, lovely thing to have. And so they see both of those offices at work in them uh, mm. to, to bring them up in God's word and have, make them swim in it uh, uh, so that they would live and move and have their being in Jesus. Yeah. A couple of practical examples about swimming in it. Uh, the first one, is uh, something I remember as a child growing up uh, the dinner table after church on Sunday, uh, where my father would ask pointed questions about the sermon. He would say, what is law in the sermon that you heard today? And then the kids would have to give him a couple of points of law. And so that taught them to pay attention to the preaching. And it also taught the beginnings of the salutary distinction between that which shows us our sin and that which delivers to us the comfort of our Savior. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he would ask us, what was the gospel? What was the main point of the sermon? How was this connected to who Jesus is and what he has done for us in dying on the cross? And, and by fostering that kind of conversation at the dinner table on Sunday afternoon after church, that really, I think, shaped me as a, as a young man uh, into the adult that I am today uh, with a, a firm understanding of, or at least the beginnings of a firm understanding of long gospel, you know, and mm. something that I can, I, I understand at least well enough that I can begin to pass it on to my congregation and my children. Uh, the other example is when I was actually passing through uh, Colorado and I stayed at your house <laughs> and, and I, and we were eating, I think, I can't remember if it was dinner or breakfast. And you brought out the around the word devotions yeah. uh, that you write for. And uh, you use those as uh, a short order of, of devotion for your family. And I was so happy to see that and, and to see the kids participating in it, in praying together, hearing the Psalms, hearing a short lesson from the gospel and a short meditation on the gospel. And that resource, by the way, which is designed for the home, uh, a hectic, crazy home where the kids are yelling and running in circles, the younger ones, right? And for the older kids who are beginning to understand their catechisms, uh, this is a great resource. You can uh, find you can find it if you go to the website what does this mean dot org and click on the devotions tab and there there you will find the around the word devotions. Brandon, who you are listening to today to, uh, to today, is one of our authors, and we're very happy that he's been doing that good work for us. All right, Brandon. So this is about at the end. Uh, do, any parting thoughts for us before we finish up the episode? If you're a dad, you've got kids at home, um, keep on doing it. Some things are going to work. Some things are not going to work. Uh, you're going to get frustrated as a father um, because, you know, you, you got angry at the kids or you're not doing devotions or you, you let it slide or whatever. Every new day is, 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 is a new day. Pick it up. Do it again. Keep after it. Have that kind of tenacity. Uh, and the kids are going to see that. You're not just going to abandon these things at the first sign of difficulty. And if it's important to you, it'll be important to them. And they're going to, they're going to see that and they're going to rejoice in it and praise you one day uh, for the gift that you have given them. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, Brandon is, of course, uh, Brandon Ross is the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Johnstown, Colorado. Uh, thank you for uh, being here and, and giving us uh, a modicum of your wisdom that you've been able to gain in practicing uh you know, uh, parenting in the home with law and gospel. And uh, yeah, yeah. Nice to be with you. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Brian. I I like the occasional podcast. I think this this, this would be a great thing going forward. Uh, So yes, nice to talk to you and uh, look forward to to doing it maybe sometime later. Excellent. And thank you all once again for joining us on the uh, Evangard Occasional Podcast. If you have any questions for us, use the contact form on the Evangard website. Uh, comments, tips, whatever. We're open to it all. God's peace be with you all. Thanks again for joining us for our Evangard occasional podcast. If you would like to learn more about Evangard and see our news and notes, information about upcoming events and gatherings, and also to check out our articles on our blog, I invite you to visit evangard.org, that is E-V-A-N-G-U-A-R-D dot O-R-G. God's peace be with you all. We'll hope to talk to you again soon.